Happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Uh, welcome also for those who have been listening from day one or how, whenever you decide to hop on this bandwagon train. Thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your busy Halloween. Hope everybody is having a fantastic, uh, as dry as possible day here in the Pacific Northwest. It has been pretty nasty, windy, and rainy. The typical Halloween weather and fall has officially arrived. If you enjoy this podcast, if you have not already, please do me a huge favor. And I know I'm ask this every time, but I do it for a reason. Please. Please subscribe and leave a rating. I would love to keep uh, growing this podcast, growing this network. Um, today's podcast is going to be a standard recap of everything that happened this weekend. I'm going to be covering the ins and outs of the NFL weekend that it was. Uh, the basic things from around the world that's going on, the main topics. I got a Mariners positional spotlight for you guys today and a basic recap and a couple hot players and shout outs for yesterday's dominant Seahawk win over the New York football G-Men Giants. With that being said, let's get straight into around the world like we always do here. The XFL has officially returned. The Seattle Sea Dragons, the Renegades, Defenders, Roughnecks, Guardians, Brahmas, Battlehawks, and Vipers. Welcome back. XFL. Um, I was in line to get into the game, or I was supposed to be at the latest uh, XFL game before it was announced that the uh, bankruptcy and the funding pretty much had bottomed out from last time. I believe it was year before last when that came out. Uh, the XFL had a ton of energy here in Seattle. There's so many people that were enjoying the, the 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 Dragons team. It's a great story, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I'm very thankful for you being able to re-put this program and this product back out onto the field. It produced some great viewers. It produced some pretty good players. We saw P.J. Walker have a great moment for the Carolina Panthers this last weekend. Unfortunately, they still lost the game. But uh, you're seeing good players come out of that league and be able to get second opportunities here in the NFL to achieve their lifelong dream. Uh, so that, with that being said, um, that's just the basic XFL stuff for today. I just want to get that out for the main headliner. A lot of people are pretty excited about this, myself included, if you can't tell. But the XFL is going to be a super fun thing and a nice addition to try and get some football 365 days a year because obviously we can't get enough football. Christian McCaffrey had a massive day with a rushing, receiving, and passing touchdown. Fantasy owners rejoice about that. Really a dominant win. I'll get into more into that here in a couple minutes on the NFL recap for you guys. Kansas City Royals have officially hired Matt Quattrano as its new manager. I apologize if I got that name wrong, um, but shout out to him. Congrats on his new role with the Royals. Be curious to see what becomes of that here in the future. Bill Belichick is now the number two all-time winning uh, winning coach, surpassing George Hallis with the number 325. Congrats to Bill Belichick on his career. Obviously, he is the greatest of all time. Uh, and we'll be curious to see how many more he's able to get throughout the rest of his career in New England. Congrats to Barry Sanders for getting uh, being honored with the first statue at Ford Field. Um, that's a great moment. Great thing for, for the fans. Barry Sanders is a stalwart of that franchise, of that organization. He is probably one of the top three well-known most Lions of all time. Him, obviously, uh, my generation was Calvin Johnson and Megatron. But overall, it was a great time. Uh, Barry Sanders, congratulations to you and all your hard work and uh, great job by the Lions organization for recognizing they need 
need a little flair to bring to the stadium, especially in a down year for the Lions. Jake Paul defeated Anderson Silva by a unanimous decision this weekend. Again, another exhibition match of another veteran fighter. Unfortunately, though, Silva was just not a boxer. For those who don't who don't know who Anderson Silva is, he was a uh, was and probably still will forever be a Hall of Fame UFC fighter. He was known as a Spider Silva, also known for that crazy leg break. Unfortunately, um, I believe that was, uh, that was like Chris Hemsworth. Uh, that might be wrong. I actually think Chris Hemsworth is actually an actor, so I dropped the ball on that one. Anyways, if you know who I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. But um, I give a lot of respect to to, to, to Jake Paul for uh, his training, his his dedication, preparing for this fight. But in order for me to really consider Drew J Jake Paul, excuse me, a true boxer, I need to see him fight a true test, a legit ranked boxer to see how his skill test matches up. I know that this is more of this is just an exhibition. Um, but he makes great money off of it. Pay per view is all like a jack. He's a really good athlete. I got no disrespect against Jake Paul, but in order for me to take him actually seriously, uh, you know, fighting Ben Askren, who, who, who's a wrestler, Anderson Silva out of his prime. Uh, oh man, I'm dropping the last name he fought here for, for fairly recently. It'll come to me here in a minute. But anyways, um, it was just an overall pretty good showing of speed and whatnot from uh from from Logan. So I'll be curious to see, or excuse me, Jake Paul. Uh, I had Logan up on my. Twitter feed earlier today. Astros tie up World Series 1-1 uh, versus the Philadelphia Phillies led by a dominant outing by Framber Valdez. Um, this is pretty much what you saw for Framber Valdez throughout, throughout the playoffs. He is a very nasty, crafty, little bit. He's like a Nestor Cortez, but considerably harder and better overall stuff Cortez is just going on to make you miss kind of like a more you know a more refined version you could say of like a Marco Gonzalez is what Nestor Cortez is a little bit more velo but forever Valdez congrats to you and the one thing I'm taking away from this game the biggest thing is the fact that Jose Altuve had three hits when he's been pretty much silenced to the entire World Series and the playoffs all right pardon me on that um, Hendon Hooker now leads uh, the Heisman favorite odds currently, negative 110. Stats so far in the season, 2,338 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, only one total interception, a QB rating of 91.2 is number one in the nation. For those who do not, who do not know, Hennon Hooker is the quarterback for the Tennessee Volunteers. They're having a fantastic season so far, and he is in line for the Heisman. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and various others will make it difficult, but currently he is the number one favorite. Okay, we are at NFL recap for, for, for today, for the weekend. For obviously, you got to start off with the Fly Eagles Fly. They stay undefeated with a 35-13 win over Pittsburgh. Jalen Hurts has been absolutely lights out, continuing it yesterday, 200 85 yards through the air, four touchdowns, no picks. AJ Brown, massive day and on, and on in the air for AJ Brown as he posted six receptions for 156 yards, three total touchdowns for AJ Brown. He continues to show why Philly swapped and got the draft picks for him from Tennessee. He has been balling out. Him and Jalen Hurts are in great sync right now. Bills beat the Packers last night. Uh, was not a pretty game. Buffalo just really flexed their muscle. Not the cleanest game for for Josh Allen. Couple of inter, couple of interceptions, couple of sacks. Uh, the rushing game really seemed to be the, the difference. Yes, Aaron Jones had a good day on the ground for, for for the Packers, but the Packers are just in disarray right now. It's a really bad look. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers will probably hop on the Pat McAfee show and complain about how you know Romeo Dobbs was the only wide receiver to do anything for him y y uh, yesterday. But um, it just it makes me wonder what the future for Matt. LaFleur is in Green Bay. I know that obviously Green Bay is one of the most historic prized franchises when it comes to overall sports, especially football. And uh, 
spent a lot of money on Aaron Rodgers in the offseason to see this result is not any way what they're expecting or anticipating. Be curious to see what ends up becoming of this. Um, keep, I'll keep my ear down to the ground, see what I can hear, especially with the trade deadline coming up tomorrow. I will be doing a deep, extensive uh, cover of everything for agency because I'm sure probably, heck, probably by now, I'd be surprised if nothing on my phone's popped up with, uh, you know, currently nothing yet on, on trades. I'm trying to keep this updated because, you know, it's going to be fast and furious. Some people are going to say it's going to be dead. Some people are going to say it's going to be pretty loud. Um, be curious to see what happens becomes of it, but I will keep my ear down and see, keep you guys involved. 49ers beat down the Rams yesterday, 31 to 14. Christian McCaffrey posted a rushing, passing, and receiving touchdown. First player since 1970 to accomplish this feat. Um, this is exactly what they traded for when they got CMC from from uh, the Carolina Panthers. I have not heard anything more about Brian Burns or DJ Moore. Uh, sounds like they're trying to keep to keep those guys, but um, I'll be curious. I'll be, if they do keep them, I'll, I'll be pretty shocked about it. But congrats to CMC. Uh, Niner Nation is really happy with this win, as they should be. Jimmy G looked pretty efficient. 256 through the air. No uh, Two touchdowns, no no picks. And uh, especially with not having Armstead and a handful of other players on defense, they were pretty thin overall, and they still were able to hold the Rams to 14 points points. Go Vikes, go Skull, as my family says. Uh, Vikings beat Cardinals yesterday, 34-26. to Kirk Cousins, 232 yards. You like that. Two touchdowns, no picks. Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, a buck 11 on the ground and, 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 and a tutty. Uh, that's exactly what you want to see. Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith, um, really carrying this team right now. Haven't seen much of Adam Thielen so far this year just because of how much volume Justin Jefferson attracts. But the Vikings continue to win and continue to push their way even further and separate themselves with the lead for the NFC North. Monday night football. Bengals versus Browns. No Jamar Chase in this game means obviously more opportunities for Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Joe Mixon. My prediction for this game will be 31-24 Bengals. The over-under on this game for current betting line is 45 points i have it about 10 points higher um obviously with no with no chase it's going to be you know the offense won't be as prolific um, probably see more opportunities for more tight ends, more uh, running back checkdowns, especially for people who have Joe Mixon like myself in a PPR league. That will help us out immensely. Uh, quick question for you guys in between this uh, break here. If you guys want me to cover more fantasy stuff and like uh, overall outlooks, players to on the waiver wire that you should be looking at, please let me know on any of my social mediums platforms. You can find me at Twitter, capital P-N-W Professor. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Westside Sports Pod 7. Uh, on my fantasy or my, excuse me, on my Facebook group, uh, Sports in the Northwest with a green insignia Mariners teal emblem for you guys. Please do me a favor. I'm going to challenge you guys. I want five people that listen to this podcast to either reach out to me on Twitter, reach out to me on Facebook. Um, Twitter's probably the easiest way. Uh, if you guys have it, that's great. If you don't, then everybody has Facebook these days. Um, I'll be posting up a forum inside the Facebook uh, Facebook group. So if you guys want to leave me on comments or if you guys just want to DM me privately for those of my, you know, who know me personally, please reach out to me. I am challenging my, my, my listeners and all my, my, my people who listen to this. I want to hear some feedback on what you guys want do you want fantasy do you want more nfl recap do you want a deeper college football stuff do you want more heisman do you want more draft conversation do you want more free agency for the mariners 
I I need to hear from you guys and what you guys want to hear. A couple of you are really great. I'm not trying to single out anybody, but for those who, who you know who you are, who reach out to me and give me advice or give me topics that you guys want me to cover on, I really appreciate that. Please keep it coming and encourage other people to, love, to, to listen to this podcast. And please do it as well. It makes my life so much more fun in general. I know that's terrible English, but the more I cover, it makes it better for your guys' listening experience, and that's what this is all about. Okay, pardon the page turn. We're going to hop into the Mariners real quick, and then after Mariners, we're going to do an ad break, and then I'll do a recap of what I saw from yesterday's win over the New York football giants. Mariners have uh, designated, they designated Derek Hell on Friday. I did not post podcast Friday for you guys. I was just kind of taking a couple days off to let you guys catch up on what I've been covering. He was cut from the 40-man roster. He did clear through waivers and he was reassigned to AAA for the Rainiers. Brian Wu continues his Arizona Fall League uh, dominance, posting a 1.46 ERA as he continues to dominate throughout every opportunity he has been given so far. You could probably, or I would say not probably, possibly, probably not probably, because probably is like you're leaning towards yes and possibly is like more 50-50 on him getting a start in double A to start this season. I'll be curious as what happens for the for the draft pick for this kid. Um him and Michaels Morales um are two guys I'm watching extensively right now for pitching wise at a Mako. Um other guys that were in there, uh Izzy, Anthony Izzy, I believe it was, who's a left-handed draft pick for the Mariners last season. Uh, there's a handful of guys down there right now getting good extensive work in. I really like Brian Wu's pitch mix. I like his control, um, his stature, his moxie on the mound. He looks like a really polished player. I could see double A for him, but if I've you know, if he was in high A at the beginning of the season. And went up to double A. I would not be, you know, shocked at all to see that, but I'll keep my eyes open for that as well. Number 24 ranked prospect via uh, Baseball America, Robert Perez, or Bobby Bonds, as he likes to be called, continues his offensive dominant. He crushing. This guy is crushing every opportunity he gets so far this year. He started in Everett with the Aqua Sox just destroyed the the uh, baseball got sent to class a uh for the modesto nuts crushed it there uh this guy is really really strong he looks like a capable powerful outfielder probably he's definitely a corner guy is not a center fielder maybe he could even slide to first base there's some thought about that um i don't know what that obviously entails as far as ty france but this guy is still probably two years away uh maybe a year and a half if he continues this absolute tear that he's been on he got invited to the arizona fall league home run derby i will be watching this if i can i'm trying to figure out what platform i can find this on i don't know what streaming service or what uh channel is going to be providing that but i would love to watch that so i can give some insight on what i see from the guy's swing and how he overall looks at the, at the at the plate excuse me congrats to cal raleigh and julio rodriguez have been finally announced for finalists for the silver slugger awards obviously both are well deserving of the awards and be curious whether or not where they rank or where they end up falling when the actual awards are announced that will be announced i believe the day after or two days after the end of the world series we have a player spotlight today everybody player spotlight today will be jp crawford jp crawford's season uh was a mixture of ups and downs i'll get into that here in just a minute but first i want to talk about his slash line 243 average six home runs 126 hits 2.8 war 80 strikeouts to 68 walks so we you know obviously our mantra in seattle and always has been since scott and jerry uh took over control the zone it's pretty simple right sounds pretty simple um this is what i gotta say about jp crawford this is another disappointing year for for jp 
And again, we saw barely a league average when it comes to his bat ability. Little to, to no power, relying on whatever latest tweak he did. J.P. Crawford started out strong, hitting home runs, playing good, good defense. We saw the first month, we almost looked like a different J.P. Crawford. We all thought to ourselves, is this the J.P.? Is this the year we actually get to see full potential J.P. Crawford? Unfortunately, that lasted about a month and a half. And then after that, the struggle started to creep in. Just like everybody's starting to have, you know, their creep on today with, with Halloween. I know, that's a crappy joke. I tried. <laughs> For about 70% of the year, J.P. Crawford really didn't do anything to help this lineup, unfortunately. He went from 1 to 3, or 1 to 4 to 6 to 7 through 9. He bounced all over the, this lineup, trying to help out the team in any way possible. At leadoff, he wasn't terrible, but, you know, his slapstick hitting approach, trying to hit the ball all over the field versus actually hit the ball with, you know, authority and power, and, and he just doesn't barrel up the ball very much. When a lot of people ask me, they're like, why do you hate J.P. Crawford? I don't. I love J.P. Crawford. I really do. But I am a realist, and I'm an analyst at heart, and you cannot tell me watching J.P. Crawford that you can't, you know, make a better option and, a you know, a realistic option at shortstop with making J.P. Crawford there. It's just not possible. It really isn't, unfortunately. I am not trying to hate on, on, on the poor man. He's a fan favorite due to his connection with the, the city, which Jerry has touched on multiple times. The big question about J.P. Crawford coming into this offseason is what do you do with J.P. Crawford when you have a loaded free agent class coming of shortstops? Trey Turner, Daisy Swanson, Carlos Correa, um, Alexander Bogarts, the list goes on, Tim Anderson. And uh, granted, he's under contract for four more years, but the deal is very team-friendly. A lot of people re have reached out to me about this contract or about the, this topic and saying, J.P. is our shortstop. Why don't you understand this? Jerry said, you know, we want a shortstop that, that can play second base. I'm not trying to be rude, but that's you're not understanding what Jerry's talking about. Jerry cannot like publicly flat out come out and say, yeah, we want a better shortstop because that is insulting and downgrading to J.P. Crawford. I and mean, why would you do that when there's a possibility if J.P. doesn't slide a second base? If you were, let's say you were to get a Dansby Swanson or a Carlos Correa, I don't know if Trey Turner's realistic based upon how much money he's going to want, but sliding J.P. Crawford to second base is really the only feasible option the Mariners have if you're trying to keep him on this roster. And with the, the, the new uh, incoming, uh, I'm trying to blank on a name, with the shift and the everything that's going to be leaving overall in baseball next season, it's going to be curious as how his defensive metrics change playing on the right side of the infield versus the left side. Maybe the lesser, you know, the smaller amount of range and ground to cover would make him uh, easier or make it easier on him to last longer and be healthier throughout the course of the season. He had like a pec issue and I think he had a foot issue and all kinds of stuff. But JP is such a thin, lean guy that when I feel like when he gets hurt, it's just everything else kind of, you know, you compensate. You know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a nurse. I'm not a practitioner. But the facts are this, ladies and gentlemen. We all love JP Crawford. JP Crawford is the captain. He is the heart of our defense. Um, and replacing him is going to step on some toes within this this locker room. But, um, you know, Kyle Seeger said it best. And for those who don't remember this quote or, uh, you know, never heard it. At some point in time, ladies and gentlemen, the Seattle Mariners need to be about one thing. It's called winning baseball games and winning a championship, bringing it to the city of Seattle, the Emerald City, the T-Mobile Park, the, the corner of Edgar and Dave. And this is what matters most. J.P. Crawford, we love you, buddy. You've been great for, for the city. But I'm telling you right now that if you side him 2-2 to, to, to second base and he keeps the same 
production there, you're not making anything better of an upgrade over over Adam Frazier. That's my own personal opinion, and I'll stand on that rock, and I'll stand by by, by my statement. If you guys want to go, you know, have a conversation about this, like I said uh, earlier, I've talked about all my different platforms. You can reach out to me on there and find me. But that's my conversation about JP Crawford. That is my player positional spotlight for today. And with that being said, we're going to get into a sponsored ad break here in just a moment. I know that uh, a lot of you guys are like myself in the middle of, you know, pushing through the midday doldrums, the, you know, the midday noon uh, swoon, lack of energy, the coffee's wearing off. But this is a company and this is a product that might help you get, get get through this just a little bit easier do you enjoy quality clean energy do you crash hard after the midday coffee check out dubby energy dubby energy is a keto friendly energy option for those who need a little pick me up throughout the long work day no midday crashes or jitters dubby energy provides a boost of tasty crash and jitter free energy to help you conquer that busy day of yours free of artificial colors and dyes and it's even sugar free use code wss to get 10 percent off your order today again use code wss caps wss to get 10 percent off your order today w energy d-u-b-b-y energy.com all right thank you so much for the time listening for today's sponsored ad break and then we're going to finish up with a recap of the seattle seahawks i'll be doing a deep dive tomorrow for you guys after i listen to the pete carroll show um with brock and salk and as well as getting the injury updates and then we'll kind of break down the what u-dub wazoo and then, like I said earlier, we have, we'll have a busy day about trade stuff as far as NFL. So we'll have plenty going on tomorrow. I know there's not college football today, but we're still going to be right around the 25-minute mark, which is what you guys like. So we'll keep right to it. Seahawks, another week, another sweet dub for our, for our Seattle Seahawks. Gino is doing Gino-like things. Oh, I should say 2022 Gino-like things. 23 of 34 through the air for, for Gino. 212 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Pass a rating of 104.3. Gino Smith continues to show this fan base. America and everybody who wrote, who wrote us off. Like I said, the haters write me. I ain't right back. It's pretty simple. You know, it's it's one of the. This has been one of the most enjoyable seasons I can remember in a very long time. Being a, this is almost like this feels like 2012 almost to me for like the same feeling. Yeah, that was the year that we went to Atlanta, got lost, or we lost on a uh, field goal by Matt Bryant. That was like a 56-yard field goal. But uh, the Seahawks are in great position right now. They're playing outstanding football, all three phases. Finally, special teams showed up, which we'll get into here in a minute. But we got to get some serious love to our wide receivers yesterday who played and gritted through some serious injuries. First of all, DK Metcalf, what a pleasant, pleasant thing to see you back on that football field yesterday, sir, after your scary... that patellar tendon every time i hear that i just think jimmy graham i think air cast you think of like a dory jet or a jc jackson excuse me there's so many uh guys unfortunately that have had this injury and the fact that he was able to bounce back and play as well as he did obviously he was not 100 but the man is tough he gritted through caught that caught that uh that touchdown pass strike from geno smith and uh tyler lockett man five receptions 63 yards and also a tutty tyler lockett you are one of the best leaders i've seen for the seattle seahawks since cam chancellor that's a very strong statement on my on my on my end right and the reason why i say this is very easy it's very clear it's very blatant tyler lockett 
leads by example like all for all for all the uh, people who listen to this who have kids and who have uh you know journey uh, legacies to you know they want to live after and stuff like that you want to show your kids tyler lockett he is a great man he is a great husband he is a great leader he says all the right things you know and that game yesterday he drops that for sure touchdown pass which never happens right but you know what people are human beings even athletes i think people kind of you know this slips the mind that people you know these athletes Athletes are still people. It's still human beings. They have conscious, you know, they have, a, you know, they make mistakes. And the fact that he bounced back, Gino got right to him on that bench. Another, just another moment. I got, I just got to say, and I know I'm bouncing off here for a minute, right? But this is all for, for, for a right reason. The leader, the leaders, excuse me, and the leadership on this team has never, in my personal opinion, been stronger than it has been the last five years. Gino, Tyler Lockett, Uchana Wosu, um, Bruce Irvin coming in here, Quandre Diggs, I think, or maybe Jordan Brooks and like that's about it you know entire locket these guys are legitimately stalwart leaders who are teaching these young guys this whole big thick beautiful very talented uh rookie class that it's not going to be easy you know we don't care what the outside noise says we care about winning football games and playing for our brother next to us which is exactly what the lob was so many years ago it's made seattle so much fun to watch and to root for and to enjoy because they didn't do it for themselves. They did it for the brother next to them. And that's what we're seeing this year with this with this young team. Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant, Abe Lucas, Charles Cross, um, you know, Boy Mafe, Tariq Woolen. You know, this whole list go, goes on of rookies that have stepped in. Ken Walker, especially, too, who have stepped in, been super humble, and just say, look, I want to do anything possible to win for this team. Because I love this team. And they want to be a part of this team. And Tyler Lockett said it best, and he was a little bit upset and frustrated, and for, and for good reason, because he said something that was taken out of context they win this game and they play this game for their for themselves not and they don't want any one specific person to, to take credit Gino says it best also this is a team oriented team and a lot of people are gonna say team oriented team like that doesn't make any sense he's saying the same word all over and over again what I'm getting at here they play for the whole of the entire team not for one player playing for himself we're not seeing for example when Aaron Rodgers playing for Aaron Rodgers we're not seeing Russell talking about Broncos country and I've talked about that at not I'm not going to do that today. Um, but you're seeing so many examples of players that play for themselves, not for the overall value of an entire team. And it's just a beautiful thing to see. And I got to give some serious love and shout out whenever I see it. So I got to give, I got to, you know, take a moment to say thank you for all of that. An incredible game yesterday. And the defense really stepped up big time, stopping Saquon Barkley from doing much of anything on the, they forced the New York football giants to throw the ball, which allowed for Uchenna Nwosu to have another great day, two sacks two forced fumble or two tackles for loss and one fumble Ryan Neal all Ryan Neal was all over the the, the football field and back-to-back weeks flying to the, the the ball making the job for Quandre Diggs so much easier Quandre Diggs had his best game on the season by far I gotta give so much love and respect for for Quandre Diggs I talked to him a little bit the uh, last couple of weeks with his struggles from what I've been seeing but he looked so much better this week he looked more comfortable he looked fast he looked explosive he looked crisp he knew his decision he knew where he needed to be. Michael Jackson, you're a hammer. You are constantly around that football. Your tackling presence and ability has really shown well and has made Sidney Jones even more available on the market. And it's uh, no disrespect to Sidney Jones. He's, he's a pretty good player.
player. But with the uh, with Trey with Trey Brown coming close from returning from IR, um, it's time for you know Sidney Jones to get more playing time in general, which he'll get somewhere else. Special teams was absolutely excellent yesterday, best of the year by far. Two forced fumbles, one by Travis Homer, one by Will Disley and Joey Blunt or Blount. Uh, the Seahawks continue to stay on schedule. This is what we've seen so far this season. They stay on schedule. They don't get behind the the ball at all. They're constantly one one step ahead and say this has been a ride already to say we're like halfway through the season about get give or take uh cardinals will be playing next week and then we fly across the world pretty much to munich germany for the for the buccaneers game that'll be really exciting but we'll get into those games here especially the cardinals as we get through all later on throughout this week and with that being said ladies and gentlemen that's going to be today's podcast thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your busy halloween candy filled uh just uh it's a day for everybody to be just to be a kid again and that's what halloween's all about i hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast uh i will be getting more up tomorrow we'll be doing more positional spotlights throughout the week for the mariners let me know what you guys think about that please let me know reach out to me i'm challenging you guys i'll catch you guys tomorrow see us rise go hawks peace